And now, welcome to the Just the West podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and uh, happy Thursday. It's going to go happy Friday when you guys get this pod, but uh, we have, man, we have a treat underway. It is Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 52 at the Atlanta Dome, and for such a Super Bowl special occasion, I have myself, Just the West, and I have not one, but I have two guests on the line. I have longtime friend, Bobby, and I also have recent-time friend, Michael Mason. Both of them are on the line to talk some Super Bowl Sunday football between the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams of the NFC West. Fellas, are you guys right there? Here, ready to go, man. Thanks for having me on, and uh, stoked to be back on Just the West. Thanks for the ad, dude. Yeah, I'm ready for this one, ready for the game, excited for the pod. Okay, right on, fellas. Well, I mean, just first and first and foremost, let's talk about the line at hand. So, it's interesting, because I think the, the Rams did open favored by one, but now it has swung to the Patriots favored by two and a half. Over under 57 and a half. That, by the way, is the highest over under total of the Super Bowl era, I would say. And it's an interesting thing to note because, I mean, um, both Brady and the Patriots, they've been rolling. But so have the Rams. And, well, I won't say necessarily the Rams have been rolling. They're coming off a controversial fashion. But here we are. Um, you know, initial thoughts on the spread. Do you think it's going to be a tight one? Do you think it's going to be high scoring, like like the uh, over under says? Before we get into the nitty gritty, what's like the kind of like the the big time overview about this game? Um, Bobby, I'll, I'll let you go first. I'm excited. I'm really excited about the game. I think the over under is uh, trending to how the NFL is trending. Offense, offense, offense. We saw a lot of that with how the coaching hires. Uh, went or have been going so far. Um, I want to say all positions of it both, but um, more points. Vegas is all about the points. Both these defense have talent. I think the Rams have a little more, but um, they are going to give up some points. We, we saw some some good playoff games so far, and um, I think the two and a half is right. I'm surprised it didn't go up to three or four, but that just means Vegas thinks that it's going to be a typical close. Super Bowl. I mean, can you mention the last time there was a blowout in the Super Bowl, especially in balls with the Patriots? It's a good point. It's a good point. Mason, what, what about yourself? Just outside well, in. Last, we'll go with, last yeah. blowout I really remember was 94 Niners against the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, as far as, uh, you know, what I really see for the game, um, you know, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Like, I'm, I'm really even taking the over on that 57 and a half. But uh, what scares me is both teams really possess that strong run game. And I think it's going to be slow going in the first half, kind of like what we saw last week in the AFC Championship. And then it just exploded wide open offense in the second half. So I think that's really what we're looking at. Um, you know, if, if there can be, you know, I'm hoping that there's a little bit more activity in the first half. But I think both teams are going to feel each other out. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely shooting for the over because I think both quarterbacks are going to be slinging it out there. It's going to be a beautifully high-scoring game. I think the craziest thing about the Super Bowl is anything is possible because for those that remember, well, the Patriots, they were in the Super Bowl last year, but two years ago when they played 
the Falcons. Everyone remembers the Falcons were up 28 to 3, right? In the third quarter. And then you know how that happened. So, I mean, the Patriots are definitely capable of putting points in a, in a hurry. So, having said that, let's go ahead and talk. We're going to, uh, to our listeners, we're going to do it in a, such a format where we're going to talk Patriots offense versus Rams defense, vice versa, and go with those matchups from there. So, I mentioned before, and this is something that's been mentioned plenty, but, you know, the Super Bowl, oh, always Super Bowl contending, New England Patriots. A couple years ago, they were down 28-3. to They came back to beat the Falcons. Um, this offense is kind of a chameleon offense where they can run the ball, they can pass, they can go and roll with the punches. And so this Patriots offense versus the, this Rams defense, um, you know, offhand, I know everyone's talking about Aaron Donald. Everyone's talking about that interior pass rush. Um, what's your initial thoughts? I'll go ahead and put it back to Michael Mason. What are your initial thoughts about Patriots offense versus Rams defense? Man, that's that's really my favorite subject. Uh, I know last time I was on your pod, uh, we were talking about Aaron Donald and how dominant he is up the middle. So I'm really looking for a huge game from him. Uh, if I feel as if him and Don Kung Su can provide that interior pass rush, that uh, is really going to hamper Tom Brady. But at the same time, uh, Brady's able to throw those beautiful inside routes to Edelman. Uh, he was able to hit a couple of receivers last week. So it, it, I really think it all comes down to that interior uh, defensive line for uh, the uh, L.A. Rams. It's a good point. And, and by the way, to add to that, Tom Brady throughout this entire postseason, which is crazy to think, he has not been sacked. He has not been sacked once this entire postseason against that Chiefs defense. Uh, I believe they were... I don't think number number one at home with sacks. They had zero sacks, and so, yeah, man. I mean, what 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 say you, Bobby, about this? Patriots are a running machine right now. Early in games, Sonny Michelle has been carrying the load and he's been going crazy. And the Rams um, were one of maybe not the best run stopping defenses in the league throughout the year, and and well, minus the Saints game uh, in the postseason. Um, I see that if the Rams, kind of echoing what Mike was talking about with uh, the, all the talent on the Rams D-line, Aaron Donald, uh, so, um, we, we all know ways to beat Tom Brady is you've really got to find a way to slow down the run game and you've got to get pressure up the middle. And with the big hog mollies that the, the Rams have on the defensive line, I mean, we, all, we probably all three of us agree the best player in the game in the NFL in this game right now is Aaron Donald. So if he goes crazy, I think it's an, it's, it's an easy way to see uh, the Rams having success. And so the Pats got to be able to run the ball. Can it be stopped? Um, the the uh, excuse me the um, O line, like you said, zero negative plays last week. Zero, not not a negative play. You echoes what you said. It's no sacks. Nope. The Patriots defensive end, Trey Flowers, has 10 quarterback pressures by himself this postseason. That's insane. The Patriots O-line only has 12. That's an even more insane number to be. Like, come on, man. So if you, if you get pressure to Tom, we'll see what happens. But he was easy to – he got a little pressure last week, and he kept dinking and diamond to Edelman. So we'll see. I am a bit optimistic for the Rams, and maybe it's because I have that bias on the NFC West side, but 
Um, as much as we like to talk about Aaron Donald, that other guy, you know, the Dom Kung Su, he's, he's kind of good as well. He actually, these last two postseason games, he's been breaking out, man. Uh, he had one and a half sacks last week against, well, not last week, last game against the Patriots. Not the Patriots, I'm, I'm tripping. The Saints, where he had two back-to-back plays, a sack and a half. He made a big-time impact in the first half against the Saints. Um it's definitely possible to get to Tom Brady, but at the same time, I'll be very intrigued to see what type of offense Belichick unrolls in the Super Bowl. Um, conversely, I, I guess going back to this Rams defense and trying to get to Tom Brady, I've noticed that Wade Phillips, the defensive coordinator for the Rams, um, you know, he's always been known as an aggressive, blitz-heavy type of guy. Um, a lot of man defense, but I've also noticed that in recent games, uh, he's been doing a little bit more zone. He's been doing a little bit more disguises with, with his with his uh, pass uh, pass rush. I mean, I don't know. Uh, what about the secondary? What about the secondary uh, play against the Patriots offense? I think that one one kind of bonus for that D line is if they can get pressure with three to four guys and drop a lot of guys in coverage, that'll definitely help the Rams' defense because they have plenty of talent with Tlaib and Peters on the outside. I mean, they're both kind of wild cards and health towards the end of the regular season. But, man, if, if you can drop more guys in the coverage against Tom Brady, he, he'll try to dink and dunk, but there's no way that Chris Hogan's going to get open. I know, you know, maybe some Gronk one-on-one. We may not even see that if they're able to get pressure with four guys. Well, yeah. I'll yeah. Bet, Go for you know, it. As far as for Gronk, I'll bet they have... Mark Barron cover him. You know, and I'm looking at the Rams defense right now. You know, we've talked about the interior rush. Uh, you know, but like as you said, having Marcus Peters and Talib on the outside, both of those guys are top tier talents. And Marcus Peters is really, you know, kinda at the at the peak of, you know, his career right now. Like he's really uh, a, a true lockdown corner when he's on the top of his game. But they don't have a number one receiver. So do you slide him inside and have him guard Edelman? How do you you know utilize your top two cornerbacks against the Patriots offense? Because the way the Patriots use it, it's Edelman and James White. So you know it's it's really curious to see what kind of an answer uh, you know Wade Phillips has. You make a great point, especially in regards to we were talking all about the secondary and the receivers, but the secondary is just as accountable for. James White, he is Mr. Third Down Back. He is the pass catching back for the Patriots. And up to this point, I don't see defenses. They haven't really had an answer um, all postseason. I mean, it's a little bit, um, it is a little bit worrisome, whether it's Littleton or Akubam or, or Barron, but their linebackers aren't that great in coverage. And if you have James White out in the backfield, I won't say he's Alvin Kamara, but, you know, very similar type of premise in regards to the skill set. Yeah, James White is more of a receiver than a running back. He's more of a receiving back coming out of the backfield. So I agree with that. I think it's going to be tough for, for both defenses to find a way to stop those receiving threats out of the backfield. Right. So any other final thoughts? Patriots offense versus Rams defense. Any Anything else to say? If not, we're going to, we're going to move on. Uh, the passer rating allowed by the Rams defense against play action was the highest in the NFL at 135. That's oh, the telling stat for me. I, I figured that would be the other way around. 
um, with how successful the Rams are with the play action. But Patriots have been pretty successful out of the play action, especially when the run's going. Uh, you saw that pretty well in the second half of the Chiefs game when they were able to kind of um, keep the ball, keep the offense moving when, when uh, Pat Mahomes was going crazy. So that could be interesting, how, how the Rams find a way to get pressure and slow down the run and or then create havoc and play action if they're dropping all these guys in the coverage. And uh, you know, I really have to say, uh, Aaron Donald, in my opinion, is going to get it done. Uh, you know, I, I have him down for at least two sacks on the game. Uh, you know, possibly a forced fumble, and uh, you know, hopefully, my, I can see uh, you know John Johnson the third get another big play again. Ooh, I like it. Safety out of Boston College. He's been on the come up lately. Let's go ahead and transition. Talking about play action for what the Patriots do, but we all know that the Rams. No, oh, yeah, Sean McVay specifically, they love play action. And actually, um, you know, this Rams offense versus this Patriots defense. Uh, one thing that the Patriots do very, very well, and they've done this for for as long as I can remember, but the premise for the Patriots defense is they take the best thing that you do or the best player on your team and they eliminate him. And so last week, the Patriots um, against Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, I mean, shoot, Tyreek Hill had one catch for 30 yards. He had that one play, looked great. You didn't see him the rest of the game. Travis Kelsey, he had three catches for 27 yards. I mean, conversely, when you look at this Rams offense, everyone knows that they love to do play action. Everyone knows that, hey, you know what, for this offense, for Jared Goff to really go, they need a strong running game. The interesting part about this Rams offense right now is – they still have been able to do play action, but last week we saw um, they benched Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley had a, a couple, he had a fumble, he had another, he had two drop catches, and so we saw C.G. Anderson. It was the C.G. Anderson show against the Saints, and that's how they were able to set up play action. Todd Gurley did have a touchdown, but it's interesting to note because they've been riding on Todd Gurley the entire season up until that point. So, when you put into, you know, take that all into perspective, what the Patriots do defensively, what this Rams offense has really been built around with Sean McVay and his play calling. Um, let's start with you, M- Michael Mason. I mean, what are your thoughts in regards to how this Rams offense, Sean McVay versus Belichick, in terms of like the checkers, this chess matchup, what's going to go down? Well, I mean,. Belichick's a defensive coach, so you know, I'm really curious to see what what kind of strategy comes out with against this high-flying Rams offense. Now, I, I do feel as though Todd Gurley will get it going, and you know, I loved how he handled not being uh, successful last week, still celebrating C.J. Anderson, and really just caring about getting the win as a teammate. So that's that's awesome to see. So I, I really. You know, hope it's not an injury that he comes out, he puts up, you know, 20 carries, 100-plus yards, you know, five receptions, 50-plus yards, maybe a touchdown or two. But I think what really is going to make the difference for the Rams is how they handle third down. Mm. You know, Sean McVay, he didn't look as in tune as, you know, know, Tom Brady marching down the field in the fourth quarter. So, you know, I really want to see how Jared Goff does consistently on third down 
when he has the pressure on the line, when it's 36, 37, how consistently are you going to pick up that third down conversion? Bobby, what say you about this? That's a great stat. That's a great, uh, great way to look at that. Can the Rams get the run game going, especially if McVay kind of struggles at times with really wanting to go all in on the run game, and he probably should. Um, can they get five yards, six yards on first and second down to make sure that Goff is in third and short opportunities, or is he going to get stuck with no run game and, and uh, a lot of third and seven? That's a great point, Mike. I think that they're going to have to slow down the play action, and being able to slow the play action all comes down to slowing the run game down. Um, I don't want to be a broken record. I also agree with Mike. I think Gurley's going to be good this game. I think that uh, the toughest part of the game for the pass is going to find a way to guard Gurley out of the backfield. I mean, beyond Kamara, Gurley has all the stats of being one of the best receiving backs in the league, via just like we were talking about with James White. And can the Patriots run? They love running this man-to-man. And if they get stuck in the nickel, are they going to be able to stop the run and conversely slow down the play action? I don't know if they can do that. Maybe they go to more of a quarter-style defense. Maybe have modified quarters with some rush, rushing here and there. I'm just really not sure how much their backers can, can adjust to playing more of a backer safety role, like an Eric Reed role, where I can get you out of the backfield and kind of be able to play linebacker pretty well. Their backers are kind of made to run downhill a little more and uh, attack the passer and the run game. I also am a thorough believer that the Rams are going to attack the Patriots on the edges. They're going to run the jet sweeps. They're going to run the, the, the deep halfback tackles to the outside. They're going to run the tosses. They're going to run the quick screens out of the backfield. I just don't know how the Patriots slow down. Um, I think that to get Goff going in a good rhythm, um, he's kind of quarterback that um, has, a, has doesn't really have a strong memory when it comes to a game. What I mean by that is he may throw a pick on one uh, possession, throw a pick on the next possession, and then drive him down for 80 yards in the next possession, and then just keep staying hot. He's going to like whatever happens, positive or negative. Out. I've always liked that out of golf, especially when he was at Cal. I loved watching him put up 50, 60 points and throw three picks, but still have five or six touchdowns because he just knew how to erase it, come back, and try to be successful. And if he was successful, erase it and try to be more successful. So I think those are two of the bigger ones. Throw on the play action, and how much can uh, they slow down the edge runs that the Rams are going to deploy? Because, I mean, how do you slow down Bradley Cooks? It's interesting how both of you guys agree that despite Gurley being hurt throughout the postseason, despite him getting benched, that we're expecting him, I won't say he's going to be Super Bowl MVP, but you guys are both on the consensus that he's going to be the man again. Are we going to see 20, 20 something carries or do you think that, uh, yeah, CJ Anderson is going to get like a good 10, 15? I think it'll look pretty even, but I think Gurley's got to. I think he's he's got to come back. He's too good. He's too good, and especially with how Stephon Gilmore's playing on the outside. I think he's got to play, and he's got to play well for the Rams to be successful on offense. Okay. Okay. I think the game flow really dictates how many carries he gets. If Rams go down early, he's going to get under twenty carries. But if they can run the ball effectively early. He'll get 20, maybe 25 carries. And if he did have an injury, he's had two weeks to recuperate from that. So those two weeks of rest, I think, will really 
uh, help him out on Sundays. What do you think about C.J. Anderson, Mike? I know that Justin kind of brought that up. If we see uh, C.J. come out of the gate and rush the ball really well, do you think that they would even go to Gurley, or do they start the game with Gurley? I mean, he was the most effective rusher in the league this season until his injury. What do you think? You know what? I think it's the Super Bowl, and you play the hot hand. And yeah. no one's going to second-guess that. If uh, C.J. Anderson's running the ball effectively right out the gate, you keep riding him. Uh, so you got to do what's best for the team, and I, I think that the Rams all feel the same way. Right on, right on. Another thing that, I mean, it's not a big, well, it is a big factor. It is the X factor. How did the Rams come back? They were down 13-0 to the Saints at New Orleans with the crowd deafening. Jared Goff, his helmet wasn't working. He had to switch his helmet with Sean Mannion. Could hardly hear. Couldn't get the plays off. Um, They had to punt. And I don't know if you guys remember, but Sean McVay pulled a Sean Payton. He faked the punt with Hecker. They converted the first down. And the momentum did shift. Um, so going back to this, Sean McVay, he's been known as a risk taker, similar to Sean Payton. Um, but with that being said, it's the Super Bowl. Indoors, in a similar dome setting, do you think Sean McVay does some uh, some trickery, some fuckery? You get what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. Yeah. I think absolutely he does. Uh, I got, I got uh, two words for you. Doug... Peterson, uh, you know, Philly special. You, you have to pull, uh, you know, put out some kind of trick plays in the Super Bowl against the Patriots, and you have to be a risk taker. You have to be willing to go for it on, you know, fourth and one when you're on your own thirty in the second quarter when you're down ten. Uh, you have to do everything you can to try and win that game, especially against a high-powered offense in New England. So I think you go for it. What about you, Bobby? I agree with that. Yeah. I think I totally agree with that. And I, I believe that to beat the Pats as the Eagles did last year, they did things that were unordinary for the Eagles, which kind of took the Patriots out of their comfort zone. So um, we could say the Eagles outcoached the Patriots last year. And I think that you're really going to have to do that. And you've got to be in your film study. It's got to be in little tweaks here and there of your own offense to mix it up, and whether that's the Philly special, whether that's another fake punt. I mean, Bill Belichick's a special teams master. And I don't know if that'll work again, but you got to go for it, right? you got to try it. It's a Super Bowl. you gotta, you got to try to get out there and, and make plays, and sometimes it's got to be a trick play to keep the Patriots off their game. I mean, they're the most successful team since 2000, and how they do it is, you know, one brand, this is what we're going to do, do your job, and if you kind of shake the other team's out a little bit. Maybe they'll take pictures out. So, in regards to success, I mean, let's shift it to another gear because I agree with you guys. I think that Sean McVay is going to be very similar to uh, what Doug Peterson did just a year ago and pull some fuckery. But in regards to success, I mean, the Patriots are successful, obviously because of their system and Belichick. But I mean, let's be real: Tom Brady is the quarterback. This is like his 18th year in the league. Um, highly successful quarterback, but conversely, Jared Goff with the Rams from Cal Berkeley. Uh, he is actually the youngest quarterback, number one pick at least, in his third year, former number one pick to go into the Super Bowl. That is the 
earliest that's happened in NFL history. And, you know, for the longest time, it's been this big enigma with Jerry Goff. He had the worst, statistically speaking, the worst rookie season ever as a quarterback. He had a great, promising sophomore season, and now he's in the Pro Bowl. And even then, you know, myself included, had doubts about how he'd do in the postseason, but he made some really big boy throws against the New Orleans Saints. And if you look at the regular season stats, Tom Brady and Jared Goff, their season stats are eerily similar. Um, so whoever wants to... Uh, Bobby, I think Bobby was the... Yeah, Bobby, what say you about this quarterback matchup? The quarterback play, I, I've, I've been thoroughly impressed with Jared Goff this entire postseason. You were speaking of um, the complications with the, with the helmet and... We, we know from being Niner fans and seeing when the Niners went down there how loud it could be um, and just how, you know, extreme that crowd is on being loud and staying loud. I think it's really going to come down to getting Jared Goff in a good flow of the game, run the ball, quick play action. Um, how, how will he perform? Because you know, like we've been talking about, what can Belichick do to take something away from the Rams' offense? And it's probably going to be the put Goff in situations where he's got to do a straight drop back, um, as Mike alluded to, in a third and seven, third and ten, third and eleven, and how does Goff perform in that? Because we know how Tom Brady is going to perform in that. He may have a drummer of a pick early in the game, um, but he's going to be there when all said and done, trying to lead his team down the field. I think this is a really cool matchup. Go Cal Bears, Jared Goff, this is fun. Um, but I got to give the pressure is on golf, so I'm going to slide with the veteran and go with another Bay Area native and go with Tom Brady winning this matchup for quarterbacks. What about you, Michael? So, I really broke down Jared Goff and Tom Brady, and you really hit the nail on the head, Justin, saying that both of their staffs were eerily similar. Uh, when you look at overall in the season, they were both right around 65% completion percentage, and when you talked about uh, one of the key things with Brady is that he doesn't get sacked. He only took 21 sacks on the year. Uh, Jared Goff took 12 more. He had 33 sacks. But one area where there is a key difference is yards per attempt. Mm. Jared Goff is almost averaging a yard more per attempt. He's at 8.4 versus 7.6 for Brady. So he's really slinging that ball down the field. But, it, you know, this is the NFL. And in business, it's what have you done for me lately? And when you look at Tom Brady versus Jared Goff in that regard, Brady, for the last two weeks in the playoffs, his completion percentage is right around 70. And Jared Goff is hanging right around 60. So when you look at the hot hand, Brady definitely has the upper hand. But you know, I'm looking for a big bounce back you know, overall for Jared Goff, and I think he will prevail as a successful quarterback this week. Right on, right on. Okay, well, we're getting kind of in the fourth quarter of this analysis. I mean, we talked about the offenses of both respectable teams and their defenses. We talked a little bit about the play calling with both head coaches. We talked about the quarterback matchup. Let's do a wild card. I mean, who is going to be the dark horse, I won't say dark horse MVP, but the dark horse player for both teams where you don't really expect them to make a big impact but they do in the Super Bowl. Um, Michael Mason, I mean, for both the Patriots and the Rams, is there a particular player that we should keep in mind for, for the Super Bowl? 
Yeah, and you asked a great question. I think really the wild card for the Patriots is going to be James White. Uh, I love it. And, you know, a wild card uh, for the Rams, I'm going to have to put Brandon Cooks out there. You know, Brandon Cooks could just go off. So, you know, he could have a you know, 100 reception week. I mean, sorry, 100 yard week. And that could really, you know, help propel uh, Rams. So, you know, that's, those are my two wild cards. Okay. What say you, Bobby? Two wild cards. I like this. Uh, if I was going to go with a wild card that they, they like, need to be successful, uh, maybe not an MVP, but they need to be successful for their team to win, I think it's uh, a combination with the Patriots. It, it's Devlin, the fullback, and Rex Burkhead. Those guys are not successful in getting blocks or getting your goal line carries and scoring. Uh, Patriots, Sonny Michelle, was no refound in the fourth quarter, so we'll see. For the Rams, uh, I mean, this is kind of not really wild card, but if Jared Goff plays his butt off, the Rams are going to win, man. If he can pick a nickel and dime and then go over the top and get a little bit from Todd Gurley and a little more from C.J. Anderson, the Rams are going to be Super Bowl champs if Jared Goff can go crazy. I think that those are my two, so I have three wild cards of the game. Okay. All right. Well, conversely, I'll go ahead and mix it up. Um, you know, you don't. Well, I'll just say it. So, going back to the fact that Sean McVay is a risk taker, if he does go for it on fourth down or if he does pull some fuckery, uh, Johnny Hecker, the punter of the Rams, he has done. Uh, I won't say he's done this all the time, but he is. He's got a couple of uh, passing completions throughout his career. He's he's he seemingly been able to step up to the spotlight and you know if they need a big play um to really shake things up um keep in mind for hecker that's just off the top for me for the rams and in regards to the patriots um stephen gilmore i mean you know he's been having a pretty solid season whether he's going to be covering cooks or or woods but he's going to be their top corner guy um i'm going to be very intrigued to see how he reacts not only just you know, as a pass defense, but how is he going to do against play action? Because a lot of times, uh, yeah, Cooks has burned plenty of secondaries in the past. So, um, I'm a positive. And also, this little bonus would be that uh, both kickers are really good. Um, it could get down to field goals at the end. We know what the Rams have to offer. We know Gostkowski is pretty good. Um, but I like the Hecker pick because he, he can make some pretty good punts at times, and we know he can throw now. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, outside of that, any other f- final thoughts? Because we're going to get to the prediction and the MVP parts. Edelman, does Edelman go off like he did last week? Does Edelman go crazy? Or do the Rams lock him up with a corner on the inside? Do they just one-on-one him? Is Hogan Edelman not saying, you think Edelman goes off? He goes off. It just seems like Edelman's big, right? Big game. Yeah, he's going- <laughs> Tom, Tom's gonna find his guy, um, and Gronk is Gronk non-existent until they need him to be existent. And Tony Romo calls for touchdown, or what? I mean, it's it's very interesting on what could happen on the Patriots' offensive side of the ball because we know who the superstars for the Rams' offense: Cooks and and Gurley, and now C.J. Anderson. So it's uh, it should be a pretty fun game, and I love Gilmore as your wild card too. Gilmore, I think he's only given up a catch each game, and we know he's going up against their best receivers in this postseason. So um, it's pretty good, depending on who he covers. All right. 
So, fellas, Michael Mason, I'll let you go first. Give me your prediction for the outcome of the game. Once again, Patriots are favored by two and a half points over under 57 and a half. Give me your final score prediction and more so than anything, who is the Super Bowl MVP? Uh, whoever you name, I do have the list right now. Uh, I do have the odds. And so I know that off the top, Tom Brady is minus 120 to win the MVP. And you have someone like uh, Dante Fowler, who is 250 to one. So, I mean, uh, Michael Mason, give me the prediction and give me your MVP for the Super Bowl. All right. I am going the Los Angeles Rams defeating the New England Patriots 31-28 with Aaron Donald having an MVP game. And I've already locked in a bet at 21 to, uh, 20 to 1 odds, 5 bucks to win 100 for that MVP from Aaron Donald. So I'm looking forward to that money. Oh, man, I didn't even have to do the research. You already put your money where your mouth is. So 20 to 1, Aaron Donald wins the Super Bowl MVP 31 to 28, correct? Awesome. That is correct. Awesome, awesome. Bobby, what say you? My score got swooped, but I'm going the other direction. With the Patriots, old Tom, old Bill Belichick, they're not losing two games, in a, they're not losing two Super Bowls in a row, man. I can't see it. I'll eat my words if it happens, because I like this Rams, that Rams team, they have a ton of talent, they're young, but they've kind of stacked their roster to be successful now, so they've got to go all in. That's another thing we haven't really talked about. McVay's got to go all in and try it all. But I think with the Rams, the Patriots, excuse me, changing their run fronts, uh, setting the edge, if they're able to really set the edge, uh, you know, be successful in their nickel coverage, can control the game flow by running the ball as well. They just have enough talent on defense to to do enough, you know, that don't give up enough. I think there's a tough matchup for the Rams overall, Super Bowl, Tom Brady. Um, I'm going to go with the Patriots. Um, I want to switch my score since I was going to say past 31-28 with a Gostkowski field goal. After a strip sack of golf with less than a minute left in the game, um, let's go with the New England. Then the Del Brink defense winning 27-24. So I guess I'm going with the under. All right. And my MVP would be Darius Native, Tommy Brady. Tom Brady, minus 120. Okay, all right. That's the safe choice, but I get it because, I mean... Oh, yeah, he's, he's Tom fucking Brady, so for sure. Um, exactly. Putting it back on me, I feel like it's going to be – we're fellas, we're in for a treat for Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 52. I yeah. think it's going to be an overtime ordeal, and I am a bit worried because uh, I'm sure as you guys have seen uh, during the conference championship, uh, the refs – so I don't want any fuckery from the refs. I, I, I mean, obviously, I want the players to play, but – you know, you got to make the right call as well. Um, but I feel that an overtime is at hand for this type of game. I think that it's going to come down to a field goal. I think that the score is going to be kind of funky. So give me 34 to 31 overtime with the Rams getting the game-winning field goal. And I think... In regards, and it kind of goes back to Dark Horse, but I think the Super Bowl MVP, it goes back into the interior pass rush. And everyone thinks that Aaron Donald is slated, not, not to necessarily get the Super Bowl MVP, but he's going to be the reason why 
the interior pass rush goes and he gets to Brady. But I think that Ndamukong Su, the last two games, Ooh. he's been on fire. He's been on fire. He signed a one-year, what, $15 million deal. He's trying to get paid. He's trying to make his mark. And what better yet to do it than to have three stellar games in the postseason. I think that he, whether it's a strip sack or pressure, but something's going to happen in the fourth quarter where I would give Ndamukong Su the MVP. And with that being said, if I were to put money on that, the payout would be, let me check, it would be... 100 to 1. So, Sue, Ooh, MVP, money, money. 100 to 1. You heard it here first. Throw it down. You heard it here first. So, uh, yeah, fellas, that's uh, that's all we have in regards to the game. In particular, I'm sure you guys have been looking uh, as we head into Sunday. Super Bowl prop bets. Any any interesting prop bets that you've seen throughout the Internet or through your, your bookie or whoever? Mm. So, I mean, I got a couple. I mean, I, I have... You know, heads or tails. That, that's always a great one. Yep. And uh, how many plays will Tony Romo correctly predict over under seven and a half? Seven and a half. No kidding. Wow, that's a lot. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I still took the over. <laughs> okay. Oh shit. Uh, anything? Let me see. What else do we have? Uh, let's see. I like this. Which team will score first? I really like the Rams to score first, and the Pats are. Are favoring that echo, so I kind of like that. Let me see. What else do we have? Um, man, I actually have too many bets to, to look at on the spread. How about this? How many players will have a passing attempt over two and a half? What do you think? Under. I'll go under. I'll be conservative. Go I'll go conservative with that. Uh, let me see. Actually, in terms of. Interestingly uh, enough, so what's the price of Bitcoin? Um, you know, from the start to the end of the Super Bowl, will it go up or down? That's a thing, really. Wow. Yeah. Oh shit. It's Bitcoin going up. It's a minus one thirty going down minus one ten. Shit. Uh, I don't really know. The bet bet for the Super Bowl. I don't really know too much about Bitcoin. I think it goes up now. <laughs> I'll go with you. I'll say up. I don't really know too much, but I'll just go go with up. Um, let me see this. Um, Tom Brady, uh, will he throw an interception? Plus 120, yes. Minus 140, no. I say he gets one interception. Yeah. He gets one? Okay. Yes, one. Okay. At least one. Okay. Same thing with... Uh, oh, well, Bill... Will Billy McFarland be caught stealing counterfeit uh, tickets to the Super Bowl? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, plus uh, 2500 No, minus uh, 10000 <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Where's Ja? <laughs> Where, where's Ja, though? Oh, my God. Uh... Uh, let's see. A little bit more conservative. Um, total accepted penalties in the game. Over, under, 10 and a half. Um, over, minus 150. Under, plus 130. Do you think the, the refs are going to have a, a big play in this game or what? Uh, no, I think they're going to try to keep their flags in their pockets unless it's egregious. Now they're just looking for the big flag, you know? Okay. 10 and a half, over, under. Yeah, left. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Taking under. Cool. Any other prop bets you like? 
Uh, will Gronk retire after the game? Oh no, kidding! That's a Ooh. that's a pretty good prop bet. Um, yeah, that's really good. I'm probably gonna say win. Yes. Really? <laughs> if you know, last year when I tried to trade him, for a team, bro. <laughs> oh man, what's the payout for that? So payout for that right now? Yes, plus five hundred. Uh, no, minus nine hundred. So they kind of got it at seven to one. Oh jeez. Okay. Uh, what's the nest uh, is it national anthem over under it's usually like a minute 30 over under am i right I it's a minute 49 it's a minute 105 seconds is what i'm looking at oh. over 105 or under 105 okay 105 seconds perfect and then yeah there's also will she wear a dress a skirt or a gown that's intense Oh man! Yeah, dude. One here, one minute forty-seven seconds. Shit! Uh, what do? I bet here over if it's a minute five versus a minute forty-seven. That's a game breaker right there. Uh, game breaker. Shoot! I I'm gonna pass on this one. I, uh, this is not my forte. What about you, Bobby? Uh, yeah, I'm not betting on that. That is, I mean, uh, a little too risky for my blood. Yeah. Gladys is gonna kill it. And it's going to be a good rendition, and maybe she holds out on that brave at the end. We'll take the over. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Gladys is definitely killed the national anthem. I'm very ready for that. Remind me again. So Gladys is doing the national anthem. Who's doing the halftime? Maroon Five with some Atlanta helpers. Ah, oh, lovely. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, I have nothing else to say in regards to this to the Super Bowl. Any any other final thoughts, fellas? I wish they had an Atlanta performer during the halftime in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. She's gonna bring everybody up on stage, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, anyway, I remember my favorite prop bet. My favorite prop bet was uh, because it's in Atlanta, home of Chick Fil A. Will Chick Fil A be open on Sunday or not in the stadium? <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> That'd be a that'd be a major treat, but oh man! I'm still saying no, dude. They're staying firm. <laughs> no means Chick-fil-A no, right? No <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, hey, fellas. Thursday night we're gonna post this out on Friday as we head into Super Bowl weekend. Bobby, thank you so much. Michael Mason, much appreciated. Until next time, fellas, uh, and to everyone for that matter. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday. Spend time with family, friends, whoever. Get some good food. And we'll talk more post-Super Bowl. Instagram, at Just the West. Twitter, at Just the West. And, of course, the blog, www.justthewest.com. Until next time, we out here.